Thank you for listening to the Identity House Ministries podcast. We hope you are encouraged and empowered by this week's teaching from Cameron and Monica Barton. How are you guys doing? Good. All right, let's go ahead and pray before we even get started. Dad, we just thank you so much for who you are, God. Thank you so much for our time of worship. Um, We just praise you, Father. Thank you that we get to just love you. Thank you for Savannah's word. It was so on point uh, of just receiving your simple love, God, and that we are worth it. Thank you that you see us and through everything that you went through, God, you said that we were worth every price you paid. I thank you so much for that. Thank you for your love. Thank you that it doesn't change. And thank you for your spirit. Thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit um, that we can walk and talk and live our lives um, with him. And he's a real person and he speaks and we can hear his voice. And uh, we just want to grow deeper in that, Father. So tonight we just pray um, that Monica and I's teaching um, would be more of just a conversation, just us discussing like, some fruits of what happens when we live life with the Holy Spirit, but each person here would walk away impacted and desiring more, mm-hmm. uh, more relationship with Holy Spirit, more um, interactions with Him, and desire those things deeply, Father. Um, but yeah, we just thank you, Father. We praise you in advance for what you're going to do, and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Sweet. All right, so we have been going through, um, obviously, Fruits of the Spirit, Um, and it's been really good. Yeah? Delicious. Pretty good. Has everybody been here for all of them? No. I know I wasn't here last week, so me and the pod... I would encourage you guys to definitely go back and listen, because, and even, you don't even have to just listen to the whole podcast, too. I would highly advise you to listen to the podcast. Um, they're really good. I mean, we have some really good speakers here. Yeah. Um, but also, um, just read it by yourself. Like, mm-hmm. read it on your own. Um, that's like the whole goal of all of this is to get you to a point where you're not waiting for us to, like, waiting for somebody else, not just us, anybody to spoon feed you, like, the stuff you're hungry for. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, sorry, I, I want to go on this team really quick, but, you know, the, uh, there were a lot of cultures, like the Catholic culture, that the, the priests would hold withhold the Bible from the people, and the people couldn't read the Word of God. In China right now, I don't know if it's still right now, but at some point recently, um, Bibles were illegal for Christians to have. Yeah. You have such a privilege having the Word of God as easily accessible as you do. You not, not only can just go buy it anywhere. I mean, I'm sure you could buy a Bible at a 7-Eleven, but also you can get it on your phone. Yeah. You got the Blue Letter Bible app. Like, that's awesome. Like, yeah. we are so, <laughs> it's just so comfortable. So please, please, I beg of you, don't, like, don't disregard that. Mm-hmm. Don't disregard the power of the Word of God, like, in your life. Um, if you're struggling, read it. Like, it's so powerful. Sorry. Yeah, and I Todd just, White has a testimony. I don't know if you all know Todd White. Probably a lot of you do. But he was, like, crazy drug addict living, like, this horrible life. And there was one moment where there was a guy who had a gun, like, literally from, like, me to Matt, like, only a couple feet away, and he was like, God, if this bullet misses me, I'm going to turn my life around and live for you, and the bullet, like, missed him by a mile, so he was like, okay, but he was, like, almost illiterate, he didn't graduate high school or anything, and he went to a Bible school, I can't remember what it was called, but basically, he read one spot that was like, if any of you lacks wisdom, ask, and it will be given to you lavishly. And so he was like, that's me. I lack wisdom. I lack understanding. Like, God, help me. And then, like, all of a sudden, so much of the Bible became clear to him. Mm. So, like, literally, it can be that simple where you're like, God, I have no idea what that meant. Yeah. What does it mean? And the Holy Spirit, he'll talk to you. Yeah. So, yep. it's, like, full of hope. Yeah. I'm all about, like, taking time to just hear what the Lord's saying. And I feel like he's really, like, highlighting this right now. Um, so that's, like, so good. And one, just another testimony really quick. I mean, I'm not going to take too long with this, but um, and the fastest growing church right now in the world is in Iran. Um, and I watched a documentary on YouTube. I highly recommend it to you all. It's called Sheep, Sheep Among Wolves. Not Sheep. Sheep Among Wolves. Part 2, I think, is it's part 2. Um, but it's all a documentary highlighting what's going on in the Iranian church right now. And um, this guy, Joel Richardson, that I've really been enjoying listening to, 
um, he like has a really deep heart for these people and he gets to meet with some of the church leaders in Iran. I mean, it's illegal to be a Christian in Iran. Completely illegal. Sharia law means that they can, the authorities can pull you on the side of the road and kill you there on the spot. Yeah. I mean, it's like serious business. And the fastest growing church in the world is there right now today. Um, and so Joel was talking about the church there and, you know, how they do like Christianity. What is their discipleship method? You know, we all have our discipleship methods here in America. Well, theirs is super simple. They pray in the morning, the Holy Spirit shows them something to do that day, and they simply go do it. They go, and they like, it'll be like, go find the man in the orange shirt with the, you know, Atlanta Falcons hat on, like super specific directions, and they go out, and sure enough, there's that person in the market. And they go to them, and they just tell them, hey, I had a dream, or like a vision, the Lord showed me you, and I just wanted to share the gospel. And the Holy Spirit moves, and they read the Bible together, and that person gets saved. As soon as that person gets saved, this is what's cool, is that person is immediately expected to share the gospel. Mm-hmm. There's no waiting period, there's no, like, you need to, like... Go take a class for three months and learn this whole thing. And you need to go through all these hoops. There's none of that. It's simply about the Holy Spirit teaching them. They trust that the Holy Spirit speaks through the Word of God when they give it to the person. And they trust that the person will read the Bible and hear from the Holy Spirit. Now, that's powerful. That's, like, so good. Mm-hmm. What these people do, as soon as they get their hands on a Bible, they wake up in the morning and they read one section. You know, just take it. Um, Galatians 5, verse 1. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. They'll take that verse, and that day they will live that truth out. They don't worry about anything else. They worry about that truth. So I just want to encourage you guys, like, you can take it simple. Don't try to get all this stuff done at once. Simple obedience, the simple gospel. It's spending time with the Father. It's listening to His voice and walking with Him. That is what it looks like to walk in the fruit of the Spirit. You know, good segue. Ha, ha, ha. That's what it looks like. <laughs> sometimes you just speak. I told Bill, sometimes I sit, I start talking. I just hope a joke shows up. And when it doesn't show up, I'm like, well, okay. <laughs> sometimes when I speak, I just trust the Lord that he's going to finish it. And if he doesn't, you know, it, it, whatever. It ends I, awkward. But it ends awkward. It's okay. I can pick back up. Um, but seriously, like, This is all, like, God-inspired right now. I know it seems kind of funny, but, like, this this life was never meant to be lived without the help of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Without Him speaking to you and you having a relationship with Holy Spirit. Um, And if you're living separate from that, you're missing out on a huge, huge gift that the Lord has given us. Um, You know, Jesus even said, like, it is for your benefit that I leave and go to heaven so that I may give the Holy Spirit. It's for the best that the Holy Spirit's here, rather than Jesus, is what he said. That's so good. Because Holy Spirit lives in you. Holy Spirit is with you at all times. Even when you're not following the Lord. Mm -hmm. You know, if you've already accepted him, and you're going and running off doing your own thing, like, and disobeying, he's still there, giving you a check. Hey, bub, that's not really what I wanted you to do today. (laughs) I love you. It's okay. It's okay. But, like, no. <laughs> you know, like, his gentle words. There's, it, like, all these different things. Um, but, so, let's get into the teaching. Um, I, I, sorry, I, I'm trusting the Holy Spirit. Um, the, we're going over the second group of three fruits of the Spirit. Uh, Ron, Kate, went over love, joy, and peace. No, or, no sorry. Matt and Savannah did love, joy, and peace. Ron and Kate did faithfulness, uh, kindness. Is it Temperance. faithfulness? Or, and temperance. Uh, meekness. meekness. Faithfulness, meek, meekness, meekness, and... Meekness. <laughs> I'm like stuttering thumb up right now. Faithfulness, meekness, meekness and temperance. temperance. Yes. Um, and so, we're going over long-suffering, gentleness, and goodness. Um, now, these three fruits are outward fruits of the Spirit. They're, the first three fruits are like inward reflections of like what God's doing in your life. It's love, joy, and peace. These are things you're meant to have on the inside of you at all times. It can't be taken away. It's a fruit of the Spirit living inside of you that you have love, joy, and peace in all situations. Praise God. If you need more study on that, go listen to Matt and Savannah's teaching. Super good. Um, but the next three are long-suffering 
gentleness and goodness. <laughs> Sorry, there's different translations, so the words are all over the place. Somewhere. Yeah, different. Making sure I got it right. Um, and these three, three fruits are highly dependent on you exhibiting the first three fruits. Um, mm-hmm. So that's pretty important. But they're all outward fruits. They're fruits that we simply, like, it's to be shown to people. We're supposed to be patient with people. We're supposed to be gentle and good towards people. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do that because we're already inwardly full of love, full of joy, full of peace. Yeah. Praise God. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all I really wanted to go over um, first. Monica's going to go ahead and talk on the long-suffering piece because she's very passionate about it and she's mm-hmm. really good with it. Thank you so much. So it's funny, I was telling the leadership team earlier, I was like, oh, I want to do patience because it just sounds so lovely. And I was like, oh, I've been patient so many times. And then when I looked at the actual word, which is long-suffering, I was like, crap, suffering. This is not a fun, like, easy topic to talk about. But it's so good. And there's, you know, patience is a huge part of long-suffering. But that word even, like, has so much more meat than just, like, I need to be patient. It's like, no, I need to, like, long-suffer. So the Greek word makrothymia... Um, means patience, endurance, steadfastness, constancy, perseverance, forbearance, long-suffering, slowness, slowness, and avenging wrongs. Um, and I looked in the Blue Letter Bible to look at more of, like, a description from the Strongs. And in the Old Testament, the word long-suffering is always referred to God being long-suffering. And it meant long of nose. As anger was indicated by violent breathing through the nostrils. <laughs> it's a very <laughs> picturesque definition. Um, and so they like further translate long of nose to long of anger or being slow to wrath. So it takes a long time for you to get angry. And the goal is to just not get angry. Um, in the New Testament, the word means long of soul or mind. And it's in regards to the seat of the emotions. It's the opposite of being short or of mind or soul, meaning there's considerable time between your emotions and your actions. Long-suffering, like Cam was talking about, is a major characteristic of God. Usually in the Bible, when it refers to him as being long-suffering, it's in regards to his mercy towards us as we like go through life. It's always coupled with mercy, humility, and a kingdom perspective, which looks like a lot of times hope. Um, in return what this means is as we live according to the spirit it becomes our joy to walk as the Lord walks and show that same long suffering towards our brothers and sisters but also ourself um, can someone read James 1 2 through 4 no my sir that slow just all on it. Yeah. So it's two James one yeah. two through four. That's what I was thinking. My brother My brother counted all joy when you fall into di- diverse temptations, knowing this that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, and that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Which is so cool. When I read that, like, the first thing that I saw was that, like, that fruit can be perfect. Literally, it's, like, attainable to have that, like, practice in your life done so many times over and over again. Because there's, like, situations in all of our lives that happen daily, even, like, moment by moment, where there's so many opportunities so God's telling us that this work can lit- or this fruit can literally be perfected. Um, also noticing that joy is possible during suffering. Mm-hmm. They really go hand in hand. Um, and knowing that this fruit is produced by tests and trials and sufferings. Um, when we allow patience to be our response through trials, instead of a victim mentality, self-pity, or even retaliation, we can have the fruit perfected, which looks like it being unblemished, complete, and full, and we will be lacking nothing. Um, our job, once this fruit has been perfected, is to keep producing and practicing. In my mind, the first example that I thought of is like a farmer trying to come up with like the perfect crossbred of my favorite fruit, which is a pluot. 
which is an uh, apricot and a plum combined. Mm -hmm. And it's like he fi figured out the perfect like nutrients and water ratio and how often it needs sun and shade and all this stuff. And he's created this perfect fruit. But it took like years and years and testing and trials and a lot of patience to come up with this like perfect thing. Yeah. But after he came up with that recipe, you don't just stop, it's not like done. You do that for all the other trees that you have on the farm until you get that again. Yeah. So just knowing that you like keep on, keeping on. Yeah. You don't give up. I brought up earlier, my uh, same version of that story was like coffee. Cause I've been like learning how to make coffee better recently. I mean, I've like used the coffee machine for a long time and I can't go back. Um, cause now I've like got the pour over thing, but I mean, it's like so detailed and like mm -hmm. even just the little, like too much water, it can like throw it off. So, um, the whole idea of like being patient, it takes a lot of time to work out this, like, uh, this perfect recipe, mm -hmm. but as soon as you get it, you don't stop. You're like, I got it. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was good. Um, I have another verse if anyone would like to read. It sure. is Colossians 1, 9 through 11. Colossians 1, 9 through 11. We're stuck suffering is associated with joy so often I've seen like Christians and I know a lot of us can like attest to this Christians um, will be like oh this sickness is from the Lord but I'm suffering for his glory like it's kind of self-pity and mopey and just like there's no hope attached to that and so then there's no joy attached to that and like our testimony wouldn't be very powerful if that's where it stopped yeah. where you're like this cancer is from God so I'm just doing it for him you know it's like that's not even biblical and it just there's no reward in that testimony yeah. um, so the right attitude is to have a joyful acceptance of the will of God knowing that this situation will help perfect the fruit in your life as you wait with hope that's the key being slow to anger and knowing that God is in control. And also knowing, like with the kingdom perspective, that it always ends well. Yeah. No matter what situation you're in, it will always end well. That's a huge um, John 16, says, These things I've spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. So he's already laid it out there. We know it's going to happen. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, and I was just thinking about like some of the practical stories in the Bible where they suffered, but it ended well. And you think about like Daniel in the lion's den. Think about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Um, you think about um, like Paul and all that he suffered. And then one that I wanted to touch on a little bit more was the story of Job. Um, he was a righteous, blameless man, and Satan came to the Lord and accused Job of only loving God because basically his life was super like flush. It was he had all these beautiful kids, he had all the servants, he had thousands of animals in his livestock. Like his life had no like struggles in it really. So it's like Satan's thinking like if I can just tempt him a little bit, I'll show God that Job doesn't really love him. He's not really faithful to him. And God is like, well, okay, you can you can test him, but you can't kill him. That's the only requirement I have for you. Um. And Satan does take God up on this opportunity and makes Job suffer terribly. 
In one day, Job loses all of his ten children, his thousands of livestock, and all of his servants. As he's in shock, his wife tells him to curse God. His friends come over and condemn him and tell him that his evil sins must have brought this suffering upon himself. But we know in the beginning of the story, God said, this is my blameless, righteous servant. So we know that it wasn't his sins. Um, as Job wrestles with grief and struggling with knowing the sovereignty of God, um, he tries to think of what, what his response should be. Um, Job, he, it says that he talks a lot. He's trying to process everything. Um, and his friends keep offering their opinions, which are based on their false theology. Then God interrupts. And he tells Job to be brave and to answer the questions that God has for him. Ultimately, after God's question, Job acknowledges God's unlimited power and man's limited knowledge. And then God returns Job's health, twice as much property, brand new children, and a long, like, fruitful life. So I wanted to use this story specifically because I wanted to show that suffering isn't a punishment from God. Job did nothing wrong. God knew that he could defeat the enemy in a small battle because he knew he could count on Job's faithfulness. My question is, could God say the same for you? Mm. Could he say, test my Corinne, because I know she's faithful. And I know he could. You know, like think about your own life. Am I the type of, am I living the type of life in intimacy with Christ that God could count on me to win a battle over Satan? Mm. Mm -hmm. um, imagine if Job had cursed God, or if he had taken the advice of his friends. Um, Satan would have triumphed. But our choice to withstand suffering, no matter how severe, with joy and humility, helps us understand that we can have a very limited knowledge of God and know that He, or very limited knowledge, and know that God has the ultimate authority. We can trust that long suffering will bear good fruit that not only strengthens us, but brings so much joy to the Father, and we crush the enemy. Long-suffering helps us know and trust the Father. Um, which leads me to my next passage, Matthew 16, 13 through 19. May I have a volunteer? Green. Green. Thank you, friend. Is this all making sense? Is this yes. All Yo, just want to make sure. Here is Crystal. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs> just want to make sure everybody's still alive. Okay. 13 through 19? Yes. Matthew 16. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Oh, wait, through Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto me the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bound on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. So who we believe God is is one of the most important things about us. Because that changes the way we live our lives. And God is so honored and so excited when we know who he is. I mean, he literally just blessed him so much when he said who God was. Um, suffering, I will say, has a way of bringing this out of us in a way that we might never experience if life was just easy. If there was no tension or anything like that, you don't have to question who God is because you're just happy. You're pleased. You're like Job, who just had everything going for him. But what happened was that suffering really brought out of Job, okay, I don't know much. I know some things, but I don't know everything, and God has the ultimate authority. It, like, that fire refined him to get to that point where he knew exactly who God is. 
So when those moments come, we're not to curse them, we're not to like doubt or fall into self-pity. We're supposed to say like, this is an amazing opportunity for me to know that I know that I know who God is and I know he's going to be faithful and I cannot wait to see what he's about to do because he's going to do something big. Um, God is so kind to us to put everything out there. In the Bible, he talks about how we will have struggles, we're going to have trials and temptations and all this kind of stuff. But it gives us peace to know that he knows all along that that would happen. Um, if you expect to suffer, whether it big, like I'm going to go on a diet because I want to take care of my body or work out, and that like run is just like what looks like suffering to you, to like losing a child, to losing a family member, to you know so much loss that we can experience. There's so many different like ranges of suffering, but in those moments. Um, the suffering can hurt less because you have time to armor and equip yourself and not feel totally blindsided. Because um, being blindsided can, I think, like cause temptation to accuse God that these bad things are happening to you. But he promised that he would take care of you. Um, one last thing with suffering is I listened to this message by Francis Chan. He gave a message to the one thing audience like a couple years ago on suffering um, and he said it was a hard message to give because it was kind of a correction but it's talking about how we are the most entitled generation ever he was like I mean selfies are running rampant you have like blogs about yourself just about your everyday thoughts and like those things can be precious but as a whole our generation is so self-absorbed and entitled um, so to be careful of your pride like puffing up and feeling entitled because if you get to that place of feeling entitled when something like suffering something that causes suffering in you rises up you're gonna think like I don't deserve this and in a way like you know God has a plan for you but we need to not be entitled because God said it would happen um, so trusting his word but also doing it with God um, yeah I feel like that's good. Yeah, that was okay. awesome. That was great. Well done. Yeah. Yeah, Monica needs to teach more. She teaches very well, very accurately. That is not yeah. your first time. This is my first time. First time, yeah. So good. I'm not. Much good. I will have more to say later, but that's that's my long-suffering bit. I feel like that's... And just to add, like, one thing, if I could, onto that is the... Like having an eternal perspective, like when we go to heaven, we won't. There won't be opportunities to suffer. Like it's gonna be awesome. We're gonna be fully taken care of, fully safe. This small blip of time that we have here on earth is the only time that we get to endure for the cross, for the good of Jesus. And so, like, um, I just want that to be like a like um, a motivation, if you will. I, I don't know if any of you played sports, but I remember playing sports, and I remember, like, working so hard, like, all season, especially for soccer. I was a good soccer player. And we'd work so hard all season so that when it came down to that final game, like, the championship game, everything. I was leaving everything on the field, sacrificing. It was it sucked. I, was, I played midfielder, so I had to run all game long and I was expected to play defense and offense and score goals but also pass and like you know you're expected to do all this stuff I'm telling you that's like that is heavy stuff and but when we we did my team did win the championship one year and it was like the most incredible feeling of like oh man that like I've accomplished it everything I was working towards I've accomplished it um if you're like aren't putting your everything into this life right now, you might not get another opportunity to live like this, you know, in this arena, in this way. You know, you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, like, let it be a challenge, but not a challenge of, like, oh, you're doing so bad, but, like, look at it as the fact that, man, I get maybe a hundred years here on this earth. I'm already at 25, so yeah. I want to, like, put everything out there. I want to, like, finish so well and even when it's hard I'm pushing through mm -hmm. I'm not being a weenie and blaming my circumstance and letting my life experience dictate like what goes on in my life if I know the word of God to be true and I'm looking at this life from an eternal perspective 
that I know that God's Word dictates the reality and not my surroundings, not my circumstance, not what I've been through and what I know. He dictates it. And so I walk in that truth. I mean, there's no point in walking half-heartedly in that, if you believe that. Um, so let that be like a challenge of like, leave everything out on the court. Um, that's what long suffering's about. Uh, moving on to the next two, I realized we haven't read Galatians 5. <laughs> we got so excited, oh, yeah. we just never read Galatians 5. So let's pause for a second. Let's read Galatians 5. Somebody, Everybody open your Bibles. Let's all get on the same page. <clears throat> Galatians 5, 16. I want to read 16 through uh, 26. Get a full, somewhat full context. And then somebody, somebody read for me. Emma, your chance for redemption. <laughs> Galatians five sixteen through the end of the chapter. All right. All right. Say then, walk in the spirit, and you shall not you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. The flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now, the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, rivalries, revelries. And the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who are Christ's have, cru- have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, yet... Let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Thank you. Welcome. I'm going to reread the fruit of the Spirit really (coughs) quick, just because I'm teaching from a viewpoint of the King James. So, um, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against which there is no law. Um, So let's talk about gentleness. Um, gentleness comes from the Greek word Christotes. I listened to the Blue Letter Bible. I can say it again if you want it. Christotes. You want to write it down. Please, again. Christotes. <laughs> if you listen to the Blue Letter Bible guy, he's like really funny. He goes, G14, the word is Christotes. <laughs> Very funny. So, uh, Christotes, what it means is moral goodness or integrity. Um, it can be uh, benignity, which is kindness. Um, it, I, that word, Christotes, actually comes from the root word Christos. Um, and that word means fit for use or useful uh, or manageable, meaning mild or pleasant, as opposed to sharp, bitter, or harsh. Um, this was an interesting word. Like, obviously, moral goodness and gentleness, like, I get that, like, but the the manageable part, I was like, that's really interesting. Like, what does that mean to be manageable or mild or pleasant? And when I looked it up um, in the Blue Letter Bible app, you guys can all get the app. You can look it up online. I would highly encourage you to do it. But one of the um, actual meanings for that word, um, Christos, uh, when it comes to the manageable or mild part, that it's relating to like a wine. So when we talk about wines. I'm not going to ask you if you've had wine, but some wines are really sharp and harsh. Some wines are like, wow, pow, that hit me right in the kisser. Some wines are really like simple and easygoing and pleasant. This word is referring to like a wine that's like simple and easy and pleasant. So when we talk about gentleness, um, what I really like got from it is the ability to just simply be like even keeled. Like, it's that maintaining your love, joy, and peace no matter what somebody might say to you. Mm-hmm. You can't be gentle if you're not in love and joy and peace. <laughs> Who knows? When you, have you gotten mad? Yes. 
And when you've gotten mad, were you in love? No. Were you in joy? No. Were you in peace? No. No. But when you were, when you did feel loved or in joy and in peace, and you like had an opportunity to be provoked, what did you? How did you respond? No. Gentle. I can tell you this. Me and Monica had this trade-off with our relationship, and it happens a lot where one of us will get mad, and the other will just sit there and be like, okay, I see what you're saying. Like, and not respond in that anger. Super good. Like, Praise the Lord. This is not because we're just awesome people. Like, We've worked on this, and we don't want to be like our parents were. Our parents have gotten a lot better, but... We don't respond to each other in anger. When she gets angry at me, I don't respond to her out of anger. I actually get to see where she's coming from and understand why she's responding in such a way. That's gentleness. Gentleness is keeping your status, not giving up your place in the spirit, if you will, of authority and sitting there and giving that person in front of you or that thing, giving that thing some kind of space to do its thing and you're not affected by it. Um, this is especially true when it comes to like dealing with people. Um, like being gentle with people is a big deal. Um, like, don't don't go out there and picket fence people to try to make them change. That is not what makes people change. Um, it's gentleness. It's like, who's ever been yelled at and wanted to change other than by a fearful? For like, you're just afraid. Yeah. Yeah. Right. If somebody yells at you and tells you, you're a piece of crap and you need to get all this stuff together, and you're like, you're either going to be just like shut off or you're going to like say yes in submission but in fear. It's not going to settle in your heart. It's going to be a surface. I'm just going to do what they say for now to keep them okay, and then I'm going to move on. Gentleness sees where that person's coming from. Um, and so, when God talks to me, like when he's correcting me, it's always so gentle. Right. That's how I know it's him. And it's not like, yeah, you screwed up big time. It's like, Monica, I know you better than that. <coughs> We've been working on patience for a long time. You're good. I'm like, oh, you yeah. know me well. Yeah. yeah. So, but it's always gentle. Right. And that's, the, that's um, I, I was supposed to say this at the beginning, or wanted to say this at the beginning, but forgot, but it's okay, because we'll say it now, but... Um, the, this passage talks about the works of the spirit or works of the flesh versus the fruits of the spirit. They're two different things. One is works, one is fruits. Fruit. Fruit. It's uh, all one fruit, but categories of the same fruit. Um, so, like when it comes to this stuff, we're not striving to be in love. We're not striving to be in joy and like gotta keep my peace. Oh man, gotta keep. Gotta stay strong, stay loving. I gotta be gentle with this person. I gotta work really hard to be gentle with this person. Like, I've had that before, and it doesn't work. I might be gentle to their face, but behind closed doors, I'm not gentle. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so, like, when it comes to this stuff, it's a fruit of the Spirit. And the Spirit is referring to the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. Um, so... When we're talking about all this stuff, when we talk about love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, all those things, like if you don't know what those are, just look at the characteristics of your father. And that's the same characteristic that he wants to pr produce in you. Because the Holy Spirit lives inside of me, and that's the fruit that this Holy Spirit is producing, then it's going to look like my father. Does that make sense? Okay, so um, we want to be gentle like our father is. How does God treat you when you mess up? I have story after story of how many times I've messed up. I can tell you every single time, God wasn't T.O.'d. <laughs> he was like, but. Face. Yeah. Like, that's like the feeling when you're like, right. like confronting about something. All like, like the, the way he like talks and you just feel like someone just comes up and grabs their face and is like, honey, it's okay. Yeah. Try something new. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm always like freaking out and he's always just like, yeah. Yeah. Like we're, I got it. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, oh yeah, you got it. Okay. Yep. <laughs> and we expect instead of, instead of me. Yeah. yeah. And we expect punishment yeah. a lot of times when we do these wrong things, but God always meets us like He sees the heart of why we did the thing, like gentleness. He sees why we messed up. He doesn't lose sight of who we are. He doesn't lose sight of who He created us to be. And even if we're acting out of our flesh. 
he understands that. He's not dumb. He's not ignorant. <laughs> he knows where you're coming from, why you're coming from that place. And so he, he goes right for the thing that you need most. I love you. Hmm. Whenever you mess up, what does he say to you first? Man, I love you. At least for me. I know every time like I've messed up, he'll just first reaffirm his love to me. But I love you. I'm not going anywhere. I love you so much. Um, so that's really cool. Now, the uh, couple verses I've got for gentleness. Um, can somebody turn to Proverbs 15, verse 1? Thanks, Bob. Micah's got Proverbs 15. I need somebody else to go to Romans 2. Savannah's got it. Romans 2. And Micah, whenever you've got uh, Proverbs 15, just uh, shout it out. (laughs) With a shout of triumph. (laughs) A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Mm -hmm. Another translation says, a gentle word turns away wrath. So, this, yeah. Gentleness is really good in responding to people. You know, it turns away, keeps somebody from turning into a wrath, an anger monster. <laughs> you know, yourself included. Um, yourself included. So be gentle with yourself. And Savannah, hit me. Uh, Romans 2 what? Four. I realized I didn't. <laughs> I like, oh. The whole thing. <laughs> Read the whole thing. Okay. Out loud, backwards and forwards. Or despise you the riches of his goodness and forbearance and long suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance. Yes, that's so. I, so this one was funny to me because I've always heard that verse quoted as uh, it's kind, God's kindness that leads us to repentance, which I think is the idea is there. But this verse in the King James actually says it's the goodness of God, and it's the same word as Christotes uh, that talks about gentleness. So it's God's gentle like demeanor towards us it's his his goodness that leads us to that repentance super good um so we'll move on to goodness i don't want to go super much longer um so i'm going to try to go through this one a little fast this one's very similar to the last one there's not much difference but there is difference goodness the greek word is agathosine you want me to say that again yes agathosine Awesome. This word means uprightness of heart and life, goodness, and kindness. Um, This word also has a close tie with outward generosity to others. Um, Simply put, if we look at God, if we can look at God and His goodness... What in the world did I write there? Let's read a verse. (laughs) When in doubt, go to the word. I got another word. Matthew 7. Chapter 7, verse 7. Do 11. Yeah, it's a rough word, isn't it? Well, that's not wrong. I don't know what I was writing. We can look at God and his Somebody have Matthew 7? That, that is the fruit that right. Spirit wants Matt's going to read Matthew 7. 7 through 11? 7 through 11. 7 through 11. Woo! Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh, receiveth. And he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Or what man is there of you whom if his son ask bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he give him a serpent? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father which is in heaven give good things to them that ask him? Hmm. So God's goodness here, the, uh, the word goodness is, is related to him giving to this kid, he, he's a good giver. He's a giver of good gifts. He's not going to give you what you don't ask for. He's going to give you what you ask for. So when we talk about a fruit of the Spirit in our life of goodness, it, it's a uh, fruit that we are wanting to give of ourselves no matter what. You know, we know that God is a giver because he gave his only son, the highest price that could have been paid for our salvation. His one and only son, he gave him up to a death on the cross. What a like picture of God's goodness. Yeah? So, like, when it comes to us and, like, showing that fruit in our life and that the Holy Spirit working in us, we'll give whatever it takes for people because we know how much God values people. We know how much He he loves them. And we have God's heart for people. Um, That's super cool. I just love that. Um, I'm going to read this verse. Um, This is Exodus 34, verse 6. Um, 
and it's talking about Moses is um, God tells Moses to go up on the mountain and he's going to show himself to him and um, basically just in this verse it says and the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed the Lord the Lord God merciful and gracious long suffering and abundant in goodness and truth keeping mercy for thousands uh, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin and that will by no means clear the guilty visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and upon the children's children and upon unto the third and fourth generation you can keep reading but I just like that verse a lot because um, a lot of times when we read in the Old Testament about God's goodness he always mentions his mercy and his grace with his goodness um, you can look I, this is just one example There's, if you just look up verses that talk about God's goodness You'll see the Psalms full of it. For he is good. Praise the Lord, for he is good. His mercy endureth forever. Praise the Lord for his good. His ways are good, and his mercy endureth forever. Like, his mercy and grace are tied very closely with his goodness. So, once again, fruit showing itself in our lives. Like, <clears throat> I want to show mercy to my brother. Mercy is uh, somebody not getting what they do deserve. So if somebody's being a jerk to me, I'm not going to treat them like a jerk. Because that's that's how my old man would, you know, that's a work of the flesh. But my fruit of the Spirit now actually treats him like the king that he is. The king that God has called him to be. And actually, it calls out the greatness in him instead of gets down on his level and starts arguing over stuff that doesn't matter. Um, so mercy is like such a key, crucial part of this. Um, like I said, all these fruits... Just look at your father. They, they are fruits of your father that want to shine from the inside of you. We're supposed to look like our father. And this is how we look like our father is by walking in the spirit. So um, that's, um, Monica's going to share something um, kind of briefly, just tying up kind yeah. of some of this stuff. Yeah, so. tying up because we've talked about now all of the fruit. Um, and one thing, I really like practical, like, I know the Bible isn't always like A plus B equals C, but sometimes it is, and it's really nice. So um, one thing that I was realizing as I prayed and studied was that the fruit of the Spirit is your both your defense and your offense against the flesh's worldly desires. So we read in Galatians, the worldly desires. There's lots of them. Um, these are the works of the flesh. And you can apply each of the fruit of the Spirit to help you get out of, protect, and prevent these works of the flesh from taking root in your life. God has given us so many ways out, and the key is abiding in Him. But I wanted to break it down even, like, simpler. Um, and I asked, like, I was just praying, and the first example I thought of was lust, because it was just something that, as Cam and I were dating, it was just like, obviously it's right in your face. So um, it's a very practical temptation, and it's the first ones in the list of the works of the flesh. Um, wow, I didn't even realize that. That's hilarious. Yeah, so it's a big deal. Um, so I wanted to take each of the fruit and try to apply that to the flesh issue. So if you look at, like, lust is the fruit, then love can tell you that you're not supposed to awaken love until it pleases. Love knows the worth of both you and the other person that you're struggling lusting after. And love is patient. Um, if you look at joy, joy knows the reward of waiting and stays put. Joy also brings a lot of hope. Peace. Peace tells you that you can have a sound mind whether your flesh is in torment or not. Long-suffering helps, helps give the endurance and patience you need while focusing on the hope of what is to come. Gentleness. Looks like being gentle with your own heart, knowing you're too precious to cross that line. Goodness simply honors the Lord. Faithfulness looks like committing your way to the Lord, knowing that your faithfulness is the greatest reward, not a momentary high. Meekness humbles yourself to know that you don't know everything, that God is the higher authority rather than your mind or what your mind is telling you. Um, and self-control empowers you to keep the sin out when it's presented right in front of you. So you can do that if, like, there's something that you're that you struggle with, or that you know a friend struggles with, or whatever it looks like. You can take each of the fruit and know that, like, all of them apply to that one issue. Mm -hmm. So there's not like all these sin issues that go to this one fruit. It's like all this fruit that backs yourself up against that issue yeah. that you might be struggling with. So there's way more defense and offense than there is attack. So 
that's a practical thing. That's really good. Um, can I just go to the next thing? Yes. Yeah. Um, one thing also that I wanted to talk to you about, like it kind of ties into what you were saying before, where you're walking in the spirit not according to the old man. Um, and in 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Um, Graham Cook says it so well. I love Graham Cook. Um, he says, God's not working on our old man. He's only dealing with the new us. The old man has fallen away. <coughs> Excuse me. So living according to your old flesh is like trying to sew your dead corpse onto your body and trying to live as though nothing is different about you. It doesn't work, and it's gross, and it's, it just doesn't work. God isn't working on our sin because he's already dealt with it once and for all. That work on the cross that he did was the, that, that was it. So we don't need to keep working on our sin because it's already been dealt with. That's like not respecting the work that the Father did on the, with Jesus on the cross. So he's dealing with our righteousness. He's growing us in our righteousness. So I'm trying to retrain my mind to say like, okay, I'm not struggling with anger. I'm growing in peace, patience, joy, and love. And focusing on the new gifts that he's given me because I don't need to focus on the old me. So another like fun fact that I thought of was that each of the fruits comes with like its own DNA in a way because to grow in long suffering you also have to grow in endurance hope not being easily offended <coughs> humility intimacy sorry I'm out of my breath water <laughs> yeah intimacy with the father having a vision and so much more and like gentleness you grow in joy thoughtfulness tender-heartedness compassion and kindness when you grow in goodness, you grow in virtue, morality, integrity, dignity, humility, affection, trustworthiness, respect, purity, and fairness. Like the, It's endless. When we receive these nine fruits by abiding in the Holy Spirit, really we receive endless gifts. So there's like, God has equipped us for every good work ever in life. There's nothing that we don't have because he's given it to us all. And you can literally take all those words and break them down even further. So it just like... Those words aren't just like, oh, love, joy, peace, patience, kind, goodness. It's like, no, there's like so much meat in these fruits. It's amazing. Yeah. So. Yeah. As you grow in your fruit, you become so much more equipped, and then you look like your father. Yeah. That is my thing. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I'll, I've got like maybe a few minutes of just like um, closing all this. Um and that's so good. I think, too, just something the Lord, I feel like, just put on my heart is having patience when you're se with yourself when you don't exhibit the fruits all the time. Yeah. Um, it's not always going to be automatic. This is a retraining of the mind. Romans 12, um, verse 2, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Nathan can quote it probably for me. Oh, no, I should have said it. <laughs> <laughs> Transformed by the renewing Transformed by the renewing of your mind. That, that's, that's, that's actually not like you working super hard to like transform your own mind. That's like letting the word of God wash over you, letting his truth replace the lies that you've been grown up in. You know, um, we've been homeschooled in the wrong home for a long time. <laughs> we've been taught by the world that this is there's a way that seems right to a man. Proverbs talks about there's a way that seemeth right to a man. We don't want to live by that way anymore. We want to live by the Spirit. Um, so, like, um, something I feel like is just, like, um, super cool. Uh, one of the biggest differences between the Old Testament and the New Testament is the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit was both in the Old Testament and the New Testament. But in the New Testament, he's given to us as a gift. He's called our comforter. And we each get a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. He actually makes his home on the inside of us. Um, so, when it comes to that, like, we're talking about this stuff being fruits. So all this is a fruit of something else. And we are really good at talking about roots. You know, we spent a whole year talking about spiritual roots. Um, but how about a spiritual root of, like, the fruit is relationship with the Holy Spirit. Everything. Everything. This is so important, so crucial. I mean, Paul literally wrote so many epistles and so many times about, like, just look up walking in the Spirit. Verses about walking in the Spirit. And I guarantee you can find a verse in there. 
that will help you to realize that this is such a big deal. Romans 8 talks about the fact that we are called, we're sons of God by how we walk with the Holy Spirit. It's really, hold on, let me read it. Because I feel like that'll. That's the one. Yep. For those who live by the Spirit, they are sons of God. That's like so good. I won't turn there now since Chelsea recited it. Thank well you. Done. Chelsea um, always. So, um, and then in, even in Galatians 5, in verse 16, what does it say? This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And then at the end of the chapter, after it talks about the fruit of the Spirit, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. So there's this like continual, like, Paul saying, hey, we need to walk in the Spirit. We need to live by the Spirit. This is our life now. No more are we just like responding to what happens to us out of our own flesh, but we're, we're empowered now by the Holy Spirit to change. Now, like, I just want to challenge each of us as a community, and this is for myself included, because I can tell you right now that I don't live every day walking in the Spirit. I can be totally honest with you and tell you that there's a lot of times that I'm working out of those uh, works of the flesh. And that's okay. God's not mad at me. God's not like, oh, you're 25, almost 26, dude. Get it together. Like, no. He's, he's long-suffering with us. He's long-suffering with us. And so, like, um, like, let that be an encouragement. God is not upset with you. He doesn't, he's not in a bad mood when it comes to him thinking about you. Yeah. Um, and it's okay that you may not have responded in a great way. The worst thing you could do is lie to yourself and tell yourself that, oh, I've got it all right. You know, that I've, man, I responded so great today. I'm so proud of myself, like all that stuff. But you're not actually walking in the spirit. You know what I mean? Um, being honest with yourself allows yourself to grow and grow more because you're saying, man, I, okay, so this happened today. And uh, like I may not have responded the best way, but I'm going to take it to the Lord and see what his fruits are. See what his spirit says. What does love say in that situation? Um, so that the next time I enter that situation, I'm growing. Um, so the other thing is, and this is just something that I feel like the Lord's putting on my heart since like the beginning of the teaching, is just the reality of this thing, uh, of our lives. Guys, this is not, do not reduce Christianity to just coming to church on Saturday night or Sunday morning or your devotion time or stuff like that. This is like, this is a serious, serious thing. <laughs> this life that we're living, we only get a short moment of time to live our lives uh, to make a difference in the world that affects eternity. Every choice we make in this world affects our eternity. And possibly even other people's eternities. Yeah. That Let that sober your mind. Let that, like, rest. And, like, if you feel like you're living complacent, please, please, do not continue in that. I beg of you, do not. You were never meant to live complacent lives. You were always meant to live a victorious, overpowering life. Read Romans 8. You are more than a conqueror. Mm -hmm. There is nothing that can separate you from the love of God. You're set up for success. You're a son. And so, like, if you are lacking something, like, if you feel like you are not living your life according to to what the Lord would have of you, I would 100% encourage you to talk to someone. I'm not saying you have to come to a leader. Like I think it would be wise, because I think that we might have something good to say if somebody, there's someone you're comfortable. But even if you just go tell somebody that you know who's like on your same like playing field, tell somebody. Like Bring yourself um, into a place of accountability to where it's not just I'm just like fighting on my own, but I dictate when I'm going to fight. How do, how do I make that work? Um, if I'm if I'm just living life on my own, I can decide, well, today I'm feeling lazy and I don't really want to work, or I don't really want to do anything. You know, I can choose in the moment to let my guard down and be like, you know what, I'm not going to you know, respond according to the Spirit. I'm going to respond according to my flesh. But when I'm in relationship with somebody, when I'm talking to somebody, like if I'm talking to Noah, and I tell Noah... Dude, there's this guy at work, and every time I see him, he challenges me on my faith and calls me a loser, and, you know, I just, I can't take it anymore, dude. Well, Noah can be like, hey, man, like, I totally get that. I'm, I want to encourage you and want you to know, like, um, I'm praying for you, and you're, you have love. You are full of the Holy Spirit, and you can have boldness. 
he's encouraging me, and I go, yeah, yeah, I can do this. So then I go and run that coworker again. Maybe I respond well, maybe I don't respond well again. But at least I'm speaking to somebody again, telling them, hey, I didn't respond well again, but I want to be better. Pray that I can be better. Help me so, to stay accountable to this. I guarantee you, listen, nobody wants to keep losing. Yeah. Who wants to keep losing? No. Who wants to win? Every time. Like, picture your greatest dreams of like, you know, well, dreams in regards to people. I don't ever want to be offended by a person. Yeah. I don't ever want somebody to have that power over me. I'm sick of it. I gave too many people power before. I want to keep my place of authority and love them. I want the light in me to shine brighter than the darkness in them. So, let that be an encouragement. Um, and, like, seriously, just take that, like, this life is short. Have an eternal perspective that one day you're going to be in heaven. And um, the only thing that I think we can regret when we get to heaven is our missed opportunities. Mm. <laughs> Chuck Mister. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but seriously, missed opportunities are a big deal. Like, yeah. There, there are people that you will run into that you might not ever see again. And if God was asking you to like share something with them, do you want to go to heaven and say, man, I, I got scared because I thought that they would think weird of me. But one day you're going to be in heaven in front of God and he's going to be like, well, why are you afraid? I'm right here. I told you yeah. I was with you. So I feel like I'm rambling. I don't want to ramble. I just want to encourage you guys and I want to, to like bring in the reality of the fact that this thing is real. This is not some like, you know, pony ride where we just like kind of scoot through and barely make it through. I'm sick and tired of that. And I don't want our church to be a reflection of that. I don't want us to just be another consumer church yeah. where everybody just shows up yeah. just to get fed and goes home and nothing changes you know I want like us to come here and take this word as simple as it can be not even we don't even have we talked for almost an an hour Um, but like I I hope you get one thing that this is the fruit of the spirit that this is all about relationship with Holy Spirit if you take that home and you work on that for the next couple days and let that be the truth that you let God speak on Guarantee you, you will change. You will yeah. change for the better. Smith Wigglesworth said it best. If you're living on the same spiritual plane two, in two days in a row, it's a tragedy. It's an absolute tragedy. God is like, there's no end to God. There's no end to His love. You can never find out all about it. You can never find out all about God's grace and God's mercy. You can never find the end. He's unending. He's huge. The ways he does things, he never does things twice the same way because he's so big. He yeah. he can do things a billion ways. So like, instead of just saying God's really big, I'm just gonna rest in that and be complacent. I know he's big. I want to know his bigness. Yeah. <laughs> I want to know how deep love goes because. Love goes as deep as some situations in my life, but there's other situations in my life where love needs to go way deeper. Yeah. Yeah. But there is a deeper. Yeah. Yeah. And what if I can find, like, a deeper part than anyone's ever found in his love? Yeah. I mean, you felt his love before. You know what it's like. Why would you not want to find that out? Yeah. Holy Spirit is accessible to you. He listens to you. He he speaks to you. If you would simply take the time. I'm going to end there. Um... We're going to pray, and um, like I said, I encourage you, go talk to somebody. Even if you feel like you want prayer, if you want to like commit to the group as a whole, and just say, hey guys, please, all of you hold me accountable, do it. Like, It's not shameful, it's not discouraging, it is the most powerful, the most bold thing you could do is to stand in front of a group of people and say, I need help, mm-hmm. and say, mm-hmm. I want to be held accountable. It is the most powerful thing you can yeah. do other than hiding behind your puny little curtain yeah. of shame and whatever else. It is nothing. Mm, yeah. So, God, I thank you. Thank you for your Holy <laughs> Spirit. Thank you that uh, even when words are tough, God, that you're not in a bad mood. Thank yeah. you that you're in a great mood and all of this is spoken from a place of love, of encouragement, of like, let's get this thing going. God, I just thank you that you're so excited um, that we're, we are exploring your Holy Spirit. 
I just pray that each person tonight would go home and um, they, they wouldn't just be okay with how life has been. Even if it's been great, that they want it to be better. God, that they want to go deeper into your love, that they want to know you in the depths of who you are. Um, and I just thank you for that, God. I thank you that your Holy Spirit, you're willing. Um, I pray that we would simply obey, that we would um, each day find that one thing that we can simply obey you in and work from there. Um, and it would just be a joy. It wouldn't be a striving to obey, but it would just simply be a fruit of our life lived with you. Um, thank you so much. We love you. We love this group of people. Thank you that they're our family. I wouldn't trade them for anyone else in the entire world. We love you, Dad. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you for listening to this message on the Identity House Ministries podcast. If you are interested in finding out more about our ministry, you can find us on Facebook by going to facebook.com identityhouse. We pray that today's teaching brings you in closer relationship with God the Father and empowers you to walk in your God-given identity.